Hey listeners, before we get started, I wanted to share with you a brand new podcast that you might be interested in. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. This podcast is about all things Atlanta Braves baseball. They talk about roster moves, potential trades, game recaps. Now this may all seem cliche for a sports podcast, but they also include a special segment each week where they talk about controversial topics using only stats and logic and no bias. Controversial topics such as which Braves player should or should not be in the Hall of Fame, why your favorite player may not be as valuable as you think they are, or how certain players you may not like deserve more love. It's the new Braves Dugout Podcast. You can currently catch this podcast. See what I did there? Catch this podcast on Spotify or on Anchor.fm. It's sure to be a hit. You've seen Mathis make tough decisions. You've watched Wapner whoop ass. And you've viewed Judy judge like no other. But are you ready for this, girl? Hi, I'm Sally. That's right, there's a new judge in town on the all-new... The Toddler's Court. Okay, so tell me what you think happened. I... 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 isn't taking anyone's caca. I know you just pooted. Get out of my nursery until you can show me you've changed. Next. She's a judge with a heart of goldfish and cheez-its. to go ahead and tell us a little bit about how you got started in the industry. Okay. Um, Well, the reason why, I mean, I've, I've been told that you don't want to put your background work on your IMDb. You know, people don't think that background work is professional, but it's necessary. It is necessary that we have background. 
But this one project that is on my IMDb is um was is Voodoo Dolly, and yep. I play a crack addict. And it was funny because I found the post. I think it was like on Craigslist or something. And he, I auditioned for the drug dealer. Drug dealer didn't show up. I, my best friend was with me, and he's like, God, he was maybe like 20 years older than me. And super smart guy. He was really fun to hang out with. And well, he went with me because I didn't know if it was a legit project or what. And we got there, and they told us the dealer didn't show up. And they asked David, and I'm like, hey, why don't we switch roles? I got the drug addict part. He got the dealer part, and we nailed it. <laughs> what nice. was so cool was they had a screening. We had a legitimate screening uh, on Hollywood Boulevard. It's a very, like, old-school theater, so it was really cool. It was, like, exciting. Like, I'm going to be on the big screen, yay! So I went to the screening, and I was super dressed up. Still kind of casual because it was a low-budget thing. I wasn't, like, like super on, like, high-end dress. But I went in there very made up. Well, if you watch the movie, I'm a crack addict. <laughs> like a crack addict. Nice. So the funny thing about it, as soon as the movie was over, we went into the lobby and they were like, oh my God, that was you? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. They're like, you did such a good job. I didn't recognize you until now. And it's like, wow, that was so crazy. And it was so much fun. We were in the alley of some apartment building or something like that. And the lady, the wife of the director, which the director shoots for Robot Chicken. Okay. Yeah. He has been one of the cameramen for Robot Chicken for like 10 years or something. So, well, even when I met him, he had been working on Robot Chicken for a while. So we wrote the script and shot it, and it did, you know, I thought it was going to do really well. And I had a copy. No, I never did get a copy of it. I never did get a copy of that one. But that's, that is the one thing on my IMDb. <laughs> and I'm really proud of it because it was fun. I mean, I was I was actually getting out there and professionally acting. I was costume and I mean, it was fun. <laughs> so That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. I do only have that one on my IMDb. And, you know, I do. I am going to talk a lot about background because I've done a lot of background because I never really sought out acting as a career. I've always been one to, see, to seek out a nine to five because I thought that was what we were supposed to do. I got the education. I got the job. I didn't like the education. I didn't like the job. There was something that was missing. And I was pursuing all these job office jobs and it wasn't meant for me or something like that. So I ended up an ex-boyfriend in 2005 mentioned background work that he had done it and I got into it and still didn't think it serious. <clears throat> but the crazy thing about it, at the time, not many people knew about it. And I would, Joe, I was getting books seven days a week. There was a hard seven days a week for six weeks that I was booked every single day. And it was, I mean, you know, background is like, I mean, you're on set 10 hours. That's kind of your average hour time frame yeah. is 10 hours. This went on for six weeks and it, Labor Day came up and the crazy thing about it, we had a four day um, holiday and 
I called the office and I was like, I think I just need to take a break. This was just too much for me. So I called the office that was booking me and I'll go back into that later because that was when the boutique agency started in Los Angeles. So I called the agency and I said, you know, I need a break, you know, please let me just chill out for a while. Well, I never heard back from them. I called the office a couple of times, but nobody called me back. Well, I didn't know this until 10, no, maybe 15 years later. Wow. Well, at the be what happened was in 2000, I think it was 2004 or five, all of these boutique, not all of them, there's only, there was about eight of them, these boutique background agencies started. Well, I had signed up the very first month that this boutique agency started. So I got a free month, my first month. She started charging after that, but nobody reached out to tell me this. So I was like, well, maybe it wasn't meant to be. So I'm just going to pursue other things. And I did. So that was my stint in 2004 or five or something like that. So the boutique agencies grew and they did what they did. And then they, they established themselves more. And then I got into it again in 2009 with you. And that's when we met. Yeah. And again, I wasn't pursuing acting, but acting or background, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> background has actually been a blessing to me because it's been an incredible stepping stone between other gigs because I've never thought to pursue acting. It's just, you know, I like having fun in front of the camera. I like having fun when I'm with a, a group of people. And I actually like acting. I like the camaraderie that you have with a script, even when you're doing, you know, reality or um, what's it called when you're in the, when you're in a comedy situation, improv. So I like when you've got the camaraderie, when you've got improv and when, and also when you have a script. So I like when all of that comes together and it kind of just, it fell into place for me periodically in my life, but I just kept pursuing other jobs because of a like I thought we needed a nine to five and so I kept doing that and I met you in 2009 and I think I only did it maybe a couple of months in 2009 also and I did background then but I don't remember except for like the one that you worked on with me I think that was yeah, Teen so, Wolf yeah Teen Wolf we worked for one night it was a really late night there was I want to say 12 <laughs> or 15 of us that were in holding and holding was a hallway yeah. With chairs lying along the side. <laughs> but wait. And they only pulled two people to set That's the right. entire time and <laughs> sent one of them back within a minute. <laughs> okay. We sat in holding the entire time they filmed that scene, that episode, whatever it was. But we never even got to the set. So whatever. But it was yeah. good seeing you there. It was, yeah, it was good networking, too. Because <laughs> a lot of us, we just sat around and we talked about different projects we've worked on, different things we were working on personally. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I talked about some scripts that I was working on with you. Mm -hmm. And for that, I, I've met, I think, like three different people there that I am still in contact with. Nice. So nice. it was a quarter of the people <laughs> that yeah. were there. But I'll go back and let's see. Oh, so the, I only did it a couple of months in that during that time also. But, I mean, I've moved around so much and I've had so many different jobs. And that's why it's so funny because I, I, for some reason, kept going back to background. Because it was, one, it was easy work. Two, it, they fed me. Ha, <laughs> I like that. Um, well, three, it was, it, background work gives you time to sit and think. 
what is my next move? What is my next project? Here, let me take my day in holding and write my next script or write my proposed business proposal for my next architect job. You know, it's just, it's, it's been a very cool little meeting place for you to kind of just contemplate your life, your next move or whatever. It's, it's, they give you that space. And I mean, if you're smart, you'll take advantage of it. But a lot of people go in there and they network. A lot of people go in there and they talk, which is cool, which is awesome, but don't talk too loud because they, <laughs> they will come in and say something to you. So I understand. It's like, I love the business. I really love the film industry. And we but, were talking earlier about working as background too, and you were talking a little bit about um, snacks and having dietary restrictions. <gasps> And you have some helpful hints and tricks and, I guess, theories. I don't know what, what else to call them. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you have some ideas about that. Well, but. my biggest thing is because I, I, I have gluten allergies, I have dairy allergies, and I'm just super hypersensitive to a lot of stuff. So I, of course, I'm going to bring my own snacks to set. I'm an adult. I've got allergies. I have to take care of myself. So I really appreciate that background has a catering that they give us snacks because, because of the insurance liability, we're not allowed to leave the set. So that's why we're just kind of locked into our holding into the set. So they do supply us snacks, but because of my dietary restrictions, I'm going to have to bring my own snacks. And like I said, I'm an, I'm an adult. I'm going to take care of myself and make sure that I am I have my needs met while I'm on set. And I just feel like everyone should do that. You know, it's a blessing that they're giving us these snacks. And because we can't leave, it's almost a necessity. But you're not going to starve if you don't have a snack <laughs> in a four-hour period or six-hour period before lunch. But sometimes, so like for crew is when we break for lunch. If I have a 6 a.m. call time and crew has a 9 a.m. call time, I'm not going to get lunch until six hours from that crew call time. And so you're looking at three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So, so you've been there now nine hours. Right. <laughs> so in that time frame, I'm going to have nuts with me. I'm going to have, um, I used to carry packets of gluten-free oatmeal, but I don't really like oatmeal. So I just had it just in case. But for the most part, if I got there that early, they had breakfast for us, which was amazing because they knew it was going to be 3 p.m. until we had lunch. They knew that the crew was coming in later. In Los Angeles, they really do plan accordingly. And I have worked a lot of background jobs, and the majority of them have taken care of us. And for me, with my special needs, I usually take stuff for myself and my needs but occasionally I would ask, you know, for a special needs snack or something. I'm like, do you have any nuts? You know, I totally flaked today, forgot to take care of myself. Do you mind helping me out? And I didn't do it all the time, but I did it, you know, and I knew that I'm a very honest person. So I knew that they actually would help me out. And, you know, and it, it was really nice and they're very nice people. And that's the one thing, please be nice to these crew. Please be nice to these caterers. They are there 10 and 16 hours a day, and it's very hard for them. So It's the hard one, for everybody. It is, it is. Yeah, and a lot of people start focusing on them because we all have our needs, and sometimes, yes, I am hungry and I need 
I know what I need, but right. at the same time, everybody else, we're all in the same boat together. Yeah. We're all hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, too. But the one thing, I um, had a friend that she would come home and she would complain about something on the set. And I'm like, it's not your movie, okay? You were hired to help. You were hired to be there for them. So be there for them and, you know, be nice to them. They've got a long day. They've got a lot of planning going on. They've got, they're carrying a lot on their shoulders. It may not look like it when we see them, but they really do. I mean, this is multi-millions of dollars at hand that, it, that needs to be delegated, and we're there for them, and they're there for us. So it's like everybody just be nice and get along. And, like, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just it. It's like I had gotten so upset with her, like, you know, just be nice. These people are, as soon as you're nice to them, they're going to be nice to you. <laughs> I know that. I've noticed that. I noticed that. It's like the PAs are there for 16 hours and they're getting all this grunt work done. Like demand here, demand there, do this, do this, do this, do this. And as soon as you're nice to them, they'll actually take a minute to do something extra nice for you. Like, you know, there may be a porta potty there that somebody's kind of allergic to the germs or whatever. I don't know. Oh, you edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, they will, it's like the, the PAs will actually go out of your way if you're nice to them. Sometimes, not all the time. They've got too much going on, so I wouldn't expect it all the time. It's just, it's possible. But that is my dietary need story. And for the most part, you know, when it's time to eat and get fed in Los Angeles, do they really take care of us? I've had some really good meals in Los Angeles. So, I mean, the, I forget the name of the catering company, but it doesn't matter. It's like... No matter who is on catering in Los Angeles, they want to come back to work. So they're going to take care of everyone. They're going to feed everyone. It's, it's, I mean, it's almost a given, you know. People want to, more work, so they're going to be called back again. They've got to produce good quality and make sure everyone on the set is happy. If you get a background person that's upset because they didn't get fed, <clears throat> tell a PA, you know, they have a they have accommodated the entire list of every single person that's on that set. There may be a person that walks off the streets or in the business building that says, "Oh my gosh, my company bought us lunch today," not knowing where the, we actually permitted the building, and they may sneak in. It, but that will take away from somebody in the background. Tell the PA, be nice. I didn't get fed. PA is going to step up and he's going to get you fed. PA is going to go out of their way to get something done. And I've seen that firsthand. So you just be nice. And, you know, like I said, they'll go out of their way for you. And if you're nice to them. So, and I don't know, that's it for that. <laughs> Nowadays, too many people have too many allergies. Isn't it sickening, pun intended? What is a healthy person with a great digestive system and no allergies supposed to eat? Introducing the all-new Gluten Nutty Bar, made of 90% all manufactured ingredients and 10% wheat, nuts, dairy, and eggs. So delicious, your allergy-ridden friends will be instantly jealous. This tasty treat is also available in shellfish and pork flavors for non-vegan friendly people. And coming soon, the brand new latex flavored. This product not available in any of your local health food stores.
and you've actually worked on both coasts. You've worked on East Coast and West Coast as background. Um, what are like two or three positives from each side? Because I know that they function differently and background is union on one coast, non-union on the other coast, um, which is one of the main differences. Yeah. Um, well, I am, <clears throat> I am a non-union background uh, player, I guess is more, I'm, they say actor, actress, but I think I'm more of a player because I am a day player. Um, I'm hired for a day normally. There's a couple of projects I've worked several days, and we'll talk about that later. East Coast versus West Coast. I have noticed East Coast, I have done mostly pilots. West Coast has been TV shows and a few pilots. Well, the biggest difference, I am eligible to join SAG-AFTRA union on the West Coast. On the East Coast, I have been told that as a background, it's just non-union. They will not recognize the union on the East Coast. Um, there is, is one project, though, just a correction. There is one project that has union background on the East Coast, okay. which is Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Oh, and boy. that's the only one. Okay. Well, <laughs> so I there mean, is one, but that is the exception to the rule. Well, I, but that's and I and I get that and that's fair. And every single project is different, so you really don't have any idea. Just based on my experience, I have not joined the union on the West Coast because, like I stated in the beginning, I wasn't pursuing acting. Well, here's the thing: I am eligible. If I were to go back to Los Angeles now and pursue acting, I wouldn't join immediately. I would wait to get established, get a few more background jobs flowing, and I would eventually join because the union has, I think it's a conservatory. They offer free acting classes. They offer super huge discounts for headshots. They offer meet and greets with the celebrities on the movies that they're working on at the time. They offer, um, you could, I've been to the Director's Guild and I've sat while there was a panel of Director's Guild at the very closing of Mad Men. I have, I mean, it just, I'm floored how much they offer with the union. If you were in Los Angeles, you're union eligible. Join it if you have the money. It's kind of pricey <laughs> for someone that does background work only. But it is worth it if you're in that pursuit of an acting career. And, you know, for sure I would do it. And, I mean, I have the money, I have the, the credentials, and I would do it. And especially I know how to do it now instead of years ago. And I could actually probably map out to someone beginning in this that would like to pursue it. A better map because I've went all over the map too much instead of just staying on a great path and stay in focus in one route instead of too many at once. And you had mentioned Mad Men. What are some other projects that you've worked on? I, have I know you've got a huge long <laughs> list. <laughs> I have not worked on Mad Men, but I did go to, to the DGA, and I, I got to see a panel of the directors. And as the audience, we got to ask like a multitude of questions for them, which is so cool. And as you've mentioned it, like I have worked on a plethora of projects. I did not start 
writing down the projects that I worked on until 2016 is when my third time getting back into the background acting world. My first two times were only like a month or so at a time. My very first project, just to go rewind for a minute, was a movie called Elizabethtown with Orlando Bloom. And he yeah. and I had the same birth date, and it was actually on our birth dates that we were shooting. So, oddly enough, to rewind a bit more, um, that was the very first time that I had ever worked background. And oddly enough, when I checked in with a PA, they gave me a union voucher. I sat down at the table. There was 300 of us, and I sat down at the table, and I had my voucher in front of me, first time ever. And I had my voucher in front of me, and I was surrounded by, of course, a bunch of other background. And they looked at my voucher, and they're like, oh, you got a voucher. And I'm like, uh, yeah, looks like you got one, too. They're like, oh, you got a union voucher. I'm like, uh, okay. So I sat there and looked at it, and nobody really explained to me what it was. So I actually went back to the PA and said, um, they're making this a big deal at the table. Maybe I got the wrong voucher or something. And uh, darn it, the PA took it from me. Oh, yeah, this wasn't for you. This was for somebody else. I was so devastated. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, after years of knowing how what that could have done for me. So nobody sat down and talked to me. I was like, and like I said, I wasn't pursuing it. So that was kind of an issue for me later. But in the moment, I was just there because I'm like, dude, this is a movie. This is cool. Oh my God, that's Orlando Bloom. He's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was me on my very first day. But fast forwarding, that was the first time. Then the second time was another month or so. The third time I got into it was 2016. And I had was working on so many projects at the time, I had to start keeping a Google spreadsheet because, like I said, I am non-union. A lot of the projects that have names that will back them, such as Universal or NBC or Sony, you're, you're guaranteed you're going to get paid. So, But my biggest thing is I'm non-union, and I'll work on non-union projects, such as a commercial where I'm not protected by the union. These bigger names, they it's a union project, but they still have still hire non-union people. They have a certain percentage that they're supposed to hire for union and then they can hire the rest for non-union. And but the sad thing about working non-union is I am not protected. Union of course they're going to step in and I didn't know this until year until like last year. Oddly enough, the union started with thug mafia guys, like <laughs> strong-armed guys. Read the history about it. They were strong-armed mafia guys. The mafia people funded a lot of the project, and their strong-armed mafia guys would go in and be like, hey, you, hey, Tony, hey, they treating you okay? How's it going, man? How are you, you, you good all day? You good today? You good today on the set? And Tony's like, yeah, man, I got this. All right, man, just let us know, and we'll strong-arm the, the crew. <laughs> That's how, oddly enough, it was started, Union for for television. So anyways, um, so that is, that's such a funny story. I love telling that. But so I'm not protected. OSHA will protect me in certain things. But I started keeping track of this on a Google spreadsheet because I was working so many gigs. So I started recording the the date, the title of the project, 
the production company, the time I checked in, the time I checked out, and then I also put down the payroll company. So I knew who to, to anticipate. And so um, I started doing that, and I only recorded the year of 2016 up until March of 2017, and I have about 135 projects. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Only. <laughs> go through, come, let's go through all of them. Ready? <laughs> go. <laughs> Read it like an auctioneer. Extras, Ranch, Brooklyn, I, Nine, the Kicks, Big Jerry, You and the Jury, Better Things, Correspondence, Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. Anybody got Mickey, 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 Cruel Intentions? So, no. I heard one title that I understood <laughs> in that Cruel Intentions. <laughs> well, I'm not an auctioneer, but anyway. Which that just came out in the theaters. Great movie. I love Cruel Intentions. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a TV show, though, so. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so they had, and seeing a lot of things, a lot of, this people do not know Los Angeles is is it's basically where they will film a pilot and they of course it goes to the executives and the executives say yes or no so I've been in quite a few pilots that never made it anywhere I mean it made it to the executive's desk and then he thumbs down and so it never went anywhere else um so I have quite a few on here that were exactly that but for the most part the one, the one show that I do get a script every time I work that show is The Ranch, and it's on Netflix. I think they just filmed their last season. The reason why I get a script on The Ranch is it's a live studio audience. We normally go in on a Wednesday or a Thursday. We block, which is basically I've got, we've got four cameras. We've got a barroom scene, and we have the background actors, and so the cameras have to block each section that they shoot. So we go in, we do a dress rehearsal, we do um, a read through, and then they start blocking. So we'll go either on, in on Wednesday or Thursday, and then we'll shoot in a live studio audience on Friday. I have to have that script because in a live studio audience, I have to know exactly where I'm going to be in every single moment. So they give us a script. And the first season, I got to keep my script at the ranch, and I still have that one. Mm-hmm. Then the next season they started taking scripts back because somebody leaked one of the scripts. Mm. Don't do that. That's not yeah. that's not your business to do that. So that don't do that. That's not cool, dudes. Don't don't leak anything out with the with the film stuff. Well, no spoilers. No spoilers, exactly. <laughs> I mean something like that. But um so we do we do get scripts, but I gave it back to them. But the reason why is we have to know our place every single time, because especially because it's a live studio audience. So I do get scripts when I do blocking for live studio audience shows. Um, otherwise, you normally do not get a script. Um, so that's one. Of course, I've worked ranch quite a few times, and it's funny because I have a legal study degree. And I thought, like, my parents, friend, family, and friends were going to be, like, super excited that I, hey, she's got this legal studies degree. They're more excited. Oh, my God, I saw you on the ranch. That, <laughs> I was totally on my I'm background. It's like, whatever, dude, but okay. They're more excited and happy to see me on a television show than me to actually do some legal justice. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so I have worked the ranch. I've worked, like I said, I only recorded about 135 or so, and I've done quite a few more than that. But I kept track of it because I am non-union, and um, 
I'll mention a couple that I have worked on. I've worked on The Good Place. Um, I've worked on The Good Place probably about six times. I've worked on the History Channel a few times. Um, I've never Can had... Can I see you on The Good Place? Because I just watched the first yeah. season. Yeah. Um, where where are you visible? What, like what scenes are happening and where are I, you at? The two that I can remember exactly right. Um, I'm in the orient, orientation scene where he's on a podium and he's talking to us about the good place. And I had such a bad hair day that day. And I'm, I have a very sensitive head of hair. So I didn't go to the stylist that morning and I should have. <gasps> I'm so bad. That was so not nice of me because that was, I'm really glad I saw it on camera. And now if whoever's going to listen to this will know it was such a bad thing on my part. I didn't go to the hairdresser. I should have went to the hairdresser because I did not wash my hair that morning. But in the front, it looked great. But in the back, where I slept, had this gnarly, looking hard part down the middle of the back <laughs> of my head. So here's why this story is so epic. On The Good Place, we've got, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? What's his name? Ted Danson. Ted Danson. is on the podium, and he's giving us the orientation about The Good Place. Well, we've got a boom camera that's about to boom over my head <laughs> to Ted Danson at the podium. The boom starts behind me, directly behind me, and it's probably about five feet over my head. I can see that gnarly, nasty part in the back of my head. <laughs> Don't avoid him, hair and makeup. Go through hair and makeup. And no. now everyone can see that part for oh eternity because you can't get rid of it now. No one's going to go back and CGI that out like they are a Starbucks cup in Game of Thrones. <laughs> hey, that was a legit test from the cameraman because everybody was complaining because it was so dark. And he's like, uh-huh, I'm going to put a a coffee cup in there so you can see it's not so dark when we film it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's what I read. I thought that was so funny. That was just epic. But nobody, it's like, it's such a great story. Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So good place. Keep going down your list. I'm sorry. So a good place. Another scene that you can see me is, um, do you remember when they were learning how to fly? Yes. Yes. I'm one of the, I'm one of the people in the yellow flight suits. I got to really? learn when the trash falls from the sky. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those. I actually had red hair, reddish hair then. So just. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, so that was yeah, that was a, a horrible mistake. So I was having a professional blonde, and I didn't know how to care for it. And then I started doing it myself, and it was nasty orange. <laughs> so, anyways, look for the yeah, look for the yellow jumpsuit with orange hair. <laughs> so yeah, I would love if we got to learn how to fly and put on. What is it? The little jumpsuit things. What are the harness? Yeah. So if they would have put us in a harness and then really took us out for flight, oh, that would have been so much fun. But I was that was the day I was learning how to fly. And there's some other times where I was just walking around. We were just there's other times, but you can't really see me in those. But those are the two ones that you can specifically. One is the back of my hair only, but the other one you can really see me in a flight suit. So there's that one. So. Roadies, I was really sad that Roadies didn't make it. That was yeah, oh, the first season was really good. I agree. Um, we really had a cool party scene where we was the corporate party scene, but you never saw me on that show, even though 
we'd boogie down. They played music for us, and it was a party scene, and we danced and danced and danced and danced. And, dude, that outfit they put me in was so, so cool, so sexy. And, unfortunately, I wasn't hungry, so I went to the lunch line and got got a plate. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just going to take it back to my seat and just leave it in holding. I spilled the entire lunch plate on my beautiful, gorgeous outfit. Oh. Yeah, that was devastating. I had to take it off, and I put on my street clothes, and the uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful wardrobe lady cleaned it for me as during lunch, and she took off her lunch to or to, went back on set to, to clean my outfit for me, and that was so sweet, and I was so devastated I did that. So that was my story for roadies, but it didn't last. But I've been on Goliath a few times. A few times I was an attorney. Um, there was another good place um, time. I don't remember what that was. Mindy Project, Bosch. The Real O'Neills never made it. Um, let's see. The Ranch, of course, and Skechers commercial. Um, there's Comcast commercial. <coughs> well, there's one big, huge project that I worked on. Big Little Lies. For a long period of time. Well, that's what... Relatively. (laughs) Well, here's... That was the weirdest thing that has happened to me in background in a positive way. Um, And I do want to talk about the boutique agencies because this is... it's. So what happened is I signed up with an agency, or I was paying like... $80 a month and they put me in a database and the casting company will say, Hey, we need women 35 to 45, five, six. That's it. They'll put in more information if they need it. And then they're like, okay, here are ladies. And they're like, okay, we'll take her, 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 whatever, whatever. Well, what happens is this casting company sent me a message says, okay, you're going to be booked for, Thursday and a possible callback for Friday for Big Little Lies, the very first season. I, I think they call it a season. I'm not sure, but the first. Yeah, it was episode. a season. Yeah, so first season two is about to come out. Okay, perfect. So it, I'm in the party scene. So what happens was we had to go get a fitting, and every all the females are dressed in Audrey Hepburn, and all the males are dressed as Elvis Presley. So it was a, some kind of school fundraiser or something like that. So it was. It's like the the epic scene of, like, this the plot, the whole turn of events. So, anyways, call for Thursday, possible call back for Friday, okay? So, we go in Thursday. We'd already been wardrobed a week prior, and we're there Thursday, and they're like, you're definitely coming back tomorrow. We're like, okay, cool. Friday was like, okay, you're definitely coming back next week. And we're like, wait, what? Okay, Sure. So it's starting of Monday of the next week. They're like, you're going to have to work the whole week. We're like, oh, well, okay, this is this is great. But it was only uh, we were booked for one day with a possible callback. <laughs> next day. Three weeks later, we're super happy because we were told that it was a little slow with filming during this time of April of 16. And we're we're getting work. We're getting consistent work for three weeks on this project as background. We're super excited. People got bumped up to union. People got super great pay. People got specific pay for doing other stuff. And we got bonuses for showing up throughout the week. And here's the thing. 
that's not normal to get a bonus to show up every week. This is your job. You're supposed to show up every week. Well, the reason why we got bonuses, our call time was 4.30 p.m. and our sign out time was 6.30 a.m. For three weeks. For three weeks. <laughs> For three weeks. And it was such a blessing. And I was dressed as Audrey Hepburn at breakfast at Tiffany's with the ukulele when she's sitting in the, in the window singing Moon River. So I had my ukulele. So I was actually playing with my ukulele <laughs> on set, having fun, because I'll, t- I'll talk about the way Jean Mock was filming. But we started at 4.30. We went through wardrobe for three hours. They fed us really incredible hamburgers, hot dogs, salads, fruits, pastas, all kinds of really good food to kind of give us energy to start. And we would go onto the set. We were transported to the set from background holding. And we would start at sunset. We had to stay on set from sunset until just before sunrise. And it was great because I was being so playful about it, but it was exhausting. So they said, if you're going to continue to show up every week and finish the whole week, we're going to keep giving you bonuses. Well, we showed up, we got the bonuses. We were super happy that we asked them to feed us better because at two o'clock in the morning we started, well, no, excuse me. At 11 o'clock at night, we started crashing because we had started at 4.30. So they they started giving us hot meals as snacks. And they were doing, I mean, they were just really kind to us because they knew everybody was exhausted. So everyone was being like overly nice because we were so exhausted. And it was cold. In California, in April, it is chilly (laughs) at 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So... Um, I would bring my big jackets and and a small little blanket to set as normal. And I would wear it, and I would try to do my best to go off the camera visual to wear my coat for a little while, and then I'd go right back into the scene with my coat off. But the thing about this, because Jean-Marc is a European director, he's French, and from my understanding, a lot of European directors will not cut they will continue action without a cut and i mean that's kind of a nightmare for a script supervisor but it's you know that's the way i've heard a lot of european directors will film he'll call no but he won't even call action he'll just start filming and he the john mark just filmed the entire time we were just randomly talking to each other getting to know each other as people and you know it was really a really nice scene because everything that we were doing was real. And my favorite part where my friend screenshot me as I'm walking by the camera, <laughs> I didn't realize the camera was there, but I did notice that Alexander Skarsgård was there. <laughs> <laughs> of course. How could you not? (laughs) Especially with him being dressed in black leather from head to toe. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So she caught a screenshot of me, and I've got the biggest grin on my face looking at Alexander Skarsgård, just kind of like licking my chops. Like, (laughs) oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. 
So, I mean, it was really kind of cool because Jean-Marc shot us at night. We were tired, but we were still being real. We were having, you know, we were talking to each other. So all of the emotions that you see on the screen was like for real that we were either tired or I was super excited to see this hot guy. Um, or, you know, it was just, it was a really neat scene. And if you've seen the show, you've seen that he had music arranged for this show. And to watch um, Zoe Kravitz perform her song was was pretty epic. I mean, she's a great singer. And that song that she sung, it was, I forget, it was Elvis. Oh, I forget the name of the song. But it was really cool because we got to hear her sing quite often. And, you know, it was cool because we were actually at a party, you know, for three weeks, late night. So we were tired, but it was a party. And so all of those emotions, everything that went on there was pretty real, pretty legit. The only issue I had was that we could not leave except for to go to the bathroom. You know, normally we have a holding where we can take a break, but it's good that we didn't have that because a lot of people would have fallen asleep in holding because it was a big theater. So I think a theater, we were supposed to shoot Avenue A there and it was a big theater and they're super comfy chairs and people would have fallen asleep if we were allowed to go back to holding. So we were requested to stay on the set as soon as Jean-Marc arrived at sunset until he called until somebody else called cut. I don't I don't even I don't even think I heard a cut the entire time. Until sunrise. And then we were done. They shuttled us back to our cars and we were signed out there. I mean it was it was a really, really great time for me because I mean I'm actually looking at my spreadsheet and looking at the paychecks that I recorded on here and it was a, it was a good day, a good, a good three weeks. A good of, night. <laughs> a good night. A good night. A three weeks of night. It was really great. So, so that was that was the, one of the the biggest most epic things that has happened to me on um, set. Besides people just giving me um, union vouchers, and that's something that's um, a treasure for background on the West Coast are these vouchers. And that's, a, that's something else that's really been kind of epic. These vouchers are the golden ticket, such as Willy and the Wonka, what is it, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. As soon as you get these vouchers, your upgrade and pay, you are upgrade in your position that you have. So, um, I've been a stand-in for a few different projects, and the one that stands out is Veep. And I was treated almost like a part of the, they call them heroes, the principal cast members. And I was treated really well on that set when they bumped me up to stand-in. Got a voucher, got higher pay, got a better whole, like, treatment. Just I, I almost as if I was a principal. It was really nice. I mean, of course, not exactly, but it was just really nice. And that, those are the golden tickets. And that's the other times that I've had some really great things happen to me is whenever I get these vouchers in L.A. And it's, you know, people are always trying to go for these vouchers. And it's really hard to get. But, I mean, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know how people end up getting it. And it took me a year to get just the three needed for to join union. And, but then after that, they started coming in and I'm like, wait, what? But you don't have to join the union. 
they want you to have minimum three to join the union unless it's changed. And then you can join the union. I think it's last time I checked, it was about $4,000, but you don't have to. The only thing is they're going to give you so many and you're going to get an increase in pay. They're going to request you join the union. But there's other, what else have I done? It's been kind of cool, cruel intention. Oh, training day, dude. <laughs> of course, the movie is awesome. But they Denzel came out- award-winning for that day or for yeah. that movie. Well, they came out with training day, the TV show. And I don't know if it's still running. But I've worked at that show twice. I've actually worked at several different days, but the two times that I remember, we blew up a car in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. And the other time that I worked that show is there was massive gunfire. So those two days were probably some of my favorites because of the action shots. Anytime I'm on a set and they say, we've got to have a safety meeting, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm like, holy shit, we're going to do something that you don't see in real life. Or if you do, it's a bad thing. But on set, we're going to blow up a car. (laughs) Or windows will be exploding or gunfire, (laughs) all sorts of fun stuff. Or cars racing. Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as I hear safety meeting, that's going to be some exciting. And they will, they do not exclude anyone from those safety meetings. Everyone must be pregnant for a uh, pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> everyone must be present for the safety meetings. So they'll gather everyone around and most of the time with a megaphone, because there's usually like quite a few people there. And, um, Oh, I forget. I think it was a Marvel and we did the the final scene of a Marvel show And that was a lot of people there and a lot of running around, a lot of destruction, and they have safety meeting for that one. So, I mean, it's I I like those. I really like those safety meetings. (laughs) I do what I hear. Safety meeting! (laughs) So that's been pretty cool. I really dig that. Let's see if we can find some others in here to talk about. I worked uh, the Gilmore Girls when their reunion. That was kind of fun. The Grinder. What's his name that worked that does the grinder? What's the really hot guy? He was I've never on, watched it. I'm not. I'm he was sorry. on Parks and Recreation. Rob Lowe. So was it him? Anyways, it was on the grinder, and like the main guy hits me with the door coming out of. So we're standing in line of wardrobe, and he opens the door too fast. I'm like, dude, and he's like, well what are you doing here? Maybe I was supposed to hit you or running to you today. And I'm like, uh, no, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a cool little situation. I mean, I hardly ever talk to the heroes, which they've got a lot going on in their head before they have to be in front of the camera. So I don't really talk to them that much. It's not my place. They're not my friend. I'm not going to sit down like, dude, let's go have coffee. You know, that's not my place. That's, you know, let them do what they, they they have to do. I've got my own life to live. And so it's just wonderful getting to work on these projects because I'm the kind of person I like the project in a whole and not just the main actor. I mean, they're incredible to have there also. But I'm not a fangirl as much as I am for the cast as I am a fangirl of the project and get getting made because I love the camaraderie, as I've stated before. But there's something about the film industry. There's a few things, quite a few things. But the one thing that I noticed, if you're one, not good, 
And two, if you're not nice, you're not going to get asked back. You're going to quietly hand your paycheck on a Friday if you're part of the crew, and they're not going to ask you back. Then that's the way it goes. Um, I love that about the film, film industry. The second thing that I like about the film industry, you have so many different levels of craftsmen, skilled people, um, talented people, and all of these people are coming together to do something bigger and better to make this project work. And it's, I mean, I really like that. I mean, you have every single element of employment in the film industry, and it needs that to bring it together to work, to make it work well. And that's something that I, I just, I've never thought about before until I got into the industry again in 16. And I'm looking around at all of these jobs and all of these people around me. I'm like, these people are so talented and these people are so creative and these people get along so well because they have to, one, to make the project work, but two, because they know that this, I mean, this is something that they love doing. And, you know, some people don't love it when they get into it. They're in there for the money, which is fine. But for the most part, I just see people working together and doing well working together. And that's a, that's another big reason why I like the film industry is it's, you know, nice people. You don't mean people don't last long. And, you know, all these people working together to make this project possible. It's I mean, that's pretty awesome to me. So, I don't know. That's just my two cents. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get things wrapped up here. We've been talking for a little bit. <laughs> I know, uh, right? <laughs> so uh, do you have any social media or anything that you want to plug before we wrap up? Do you have a Twitter or an Instagram or a Facebook or anything? Well, I mean, I have my Instagram, Jenny May 888 but um, I'm not in the industry right now. Um, I was trained for script supervising and started doing stuff for me are starting posting there but I'll, I mean I have Jenny May 888 J-E-N-I-M-A-E but I've gotten out of the industry and I'm doing vacation rentals now so that's pretty cool so your vacation rentals where can people look that up <laughs> there you go um so I actually am not in the industry currently I'm um building a short-term vacation rental in southern Utah um, close to the Grand Canyon in Zion, but we're closer to Page, Arizona. And the name of our website is Liberty Vacation Rentals. And we have bedrooms to rent and two-bedroom apartments. And it's really pretty cool because we're surrounded by five national parks, and we're at the hub of these five national parks. And, I mean, the tourism here is exploding, and it's really cool. But it's also we're finally getting the apartments and the rentals wrapped up. So hopefully we're going to be writing a few screenplays. If time allots, maybe we can come up with something super creative and do our own productions. Yay. <laughs> and how close are you to like a lot of the major things? Like how close are you to LA? Is it like within driving within a day and how close are you to the grand Canyon? Is that like 20 minutes or you're like an hour away? How close are you to like major attractions so people can kind of get of an idea of, hey, do I want to go here? Because it's so close to everything. 
Um, so uh, we're called Liberty Vacation Rentals, and we're located in a super small town, southern Utah, called Big Water, Utah. We are about a solid nine-and-a-half-hour drive from Los Angeles. We are about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from the north rim of the Grand Canyon. We're about a 90-mile drive from Zion, and I say that because... It's 45 miles per hour, 35 miles per hour, and it just goes oh, up to 65 miles <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, It starts at 65 miles an hour, and it just goes up and down. So I sing 90 miles because – anyways. So we're in a hub through all the, the, these national parks, and we are eight miles from Lake Powell. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we are lake life lovers, and it's amazing because the water is – snow from the Colorado mountains from the and it fills the Lake Powell it's filled up by the dam at the Glen, Glen Canyon dam and the water is refreshing you can see about 30 feet down because of the water is so clear wow. yeah and it's refreshing and it is snow water so it is a little chilly but it's definitely worth a dip in there a lot. If you stay here more, I'll talk you into getting um, to go swimming. But you know, I have paddle boards for the guest, and sometimes we rent boats with the guest. I think Monday we're going to get some jet skis, and I mean, it's it's a lake. It's awesome, but it's from the the snow capped mountains of Colorado. It's from the Colorado River, and you know, there there's not much fish in there, and there's not no. I have yet to see snakes. Knock on wood. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I love the snakes, but go stay in the desert. Um, but I I heard there's only like, the, I haven't heard of anyone seeing any, so I'm okay with that. But every time I swim, I stay under, and I only see fish occasionally. It's it's just it's epic because. It's so clear. I'm always terrified to swim in other lakes because I can't see that far in front of me when I swim. But here you can. So I love it. It's Lake Powell and Southern Utah, where our little town is big water. So everyone knows of Horseshoe Bend and Antelope Canyon. So we're super close to there. That's why most people come here. It was stated that over 4 million people tour through this area. Our town has only, our town only has about 300 people but the next town over 15 miles away is Page, Arizona, and they have about 7,300 population. But over 4 million people come through this area to see Horseshoe Bend and the Antelope Canyon. So it's a pretty cool place, Liberty Vacation Rentals. So we dig it. We like it. And both um, the gentleman that runs the building, Adam Wagner, has been in the acting industry for years also as well. But he's union, so he would have some really good stories to tell because he's done movies whereas I've done mostly television. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Jen Murray. As always, it's been great talking with you and catching yeah. up. Yes, I love you, Joe. Always <laughs> a pleasure. I, I love you, too. Um, but we're going to go ahead and say goodbye. So thank you, listeners, for hanging out with us. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Above Average Joe Show. Yay! No, nothing average about Joe. <laughs> Bye, people. <laughs>
Thank you again to our special guest, Jen Marie Baker. Be sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitters, and look us up on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also check out another podcast I co-host, The Extra Unordinary, and some other great media content by Moon Possum Productions at moonpossum.com. <laughs>